This is Robert Conrad. This Cleveland Orchestra concert is available on demand thanks to the support of WCLV Ideastream members. I'm a member, and I hope you'll join me today. Click Donate, and thank you. This concert by the Cleveland Orchestra, led by music director Franz Felsermost, has a deceptively simple title, Marcellus and New World. It seems to refer both to the world premiere of the Concerto for Trumpet by Wynton Marsalis and the familiar Symphony No. 9 by Dvorak that concludes the program. But New World here refers not just to the Czech composer's New World Symphony and the brand new concerto, but also to what must be for many a new world of sound, the music of Julius Eastman. He was born in New York City and raised in Ithaca, New York. Eastman studied at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia before joining a vibrant new music scene at SUNY Buffalo under the helm of composer and conductor Lucas Foss. There he began composing experimental works such as Throughway in 1970, often using pop music and jazz for harmonic language and melodic styles. Early on, his works demonstrated a capacity to shock, awe, and thrill. His Symphony No. 2 of 1983 opens this program. Wynton Marsalis says he was honored when Michael Sachs approached him with the idea of writing a trumpet concerto for him and the Cleveland Orchestra. We are of the same generation and share many common experiences, says Marsalis. At 26, Michael became principal of this revered orchestra, his appointment was inspirational for all of us, showing that it was possible for an important new voice to emerge and extend the legacy of American orchestral trumpet playing at the highest level. I want this concerto, says Marsalis, to enable Michael to convey the broad depth of feeling and the joy of defying technical limitations that define our legacy as trumpeters. I'm Bill O'Connell, and this is the Cleveland Orchestra on the radio. By the time of his death in 1990 at the age of just 49, composer Julius Eastman had fallen into obscurity, just like other composers whose music the public now highly regards. He was musically progressive, and his identity as an unapologetically out black gay man was equally radical in some circles in the 1970s. He was a minimalist composer before that genre became associated with straight white men like Steve Reich, Philip Glass, and Terry Riley. What I am trying to achieve is to be what I am to the fullest, Eastman said in a 1976 interview, black to the fullest, a musician to the fullest, a homosexual to the fullest. His second symphony's subtitle, The Faithful Friend, The Lover's Friend's Love for the Beloved, is a dedication to his former lover and a chronicle of their failed relationship. It is a work for huge orchestra that begins with proclamations of love but ends in failure. Eastman wrote this guide to the work. On Tuesday, Maine and Chestnut at 19 o'clock, the faithful friend and his beloved friend decided to meet. On Monday the day before, Christ came, just as it was foretold. Some went up on the right, and some went down on the left. Trumpets did sound a little sharp. 
and electric violins did play, a little flat, a most terrible sound, and in the twinkling of an eye the earth vanished and was no more. But on Tuesday, the day after, on Main and Chestnut at 19 o'clock, there stood the lover friend and his beloved friend, just as they had planned, embracing one another. The ending of the work portrays just that, two former lovers standing in darkness, grieving from heartbreak, unsure of what exactly comes next. Coming on stage at Mandel Concert Hall is Cleveland Orchestra music director Franz Felsermost, who opened this concert with Symphony No. 2 by Julius Eastman.
in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center. This concert has begun with the Symphony Number no. 2, The Faithful Friend, The Lover's Friend's Love for the Beloved, by Julius Eastman. Franz Felsermos led the Cleveland Orchestra. The premiere of Eastman's Symphony No. 2 took place in November 2018, with Luciano Cessa leading the Manus Orchestra at Alice Tully Hall in New York. This was the first performance by the Cleveland Orchestra of the Symphony No. 2 by Julius Eastman from 1983. I always tell a joke, says American composer and trumpeter Wynton Marsalis, that the trumpet is in the Bible. The archangel Gabriel played the trumpet and the world started. And then in the end, the trumpet will sound. It's beginning the world and ending the world. It's true that the trumpet's many roles can feel world-encompassing. Think about the funeral march in Mahler's Fifth Symphony or the calm prairie evoked in Copland's Billy the Kid. Jazz has played host to some of the greatest trumpeters in history like Louis Armstrong, Miles Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, and Wynton Marsalis. As a performer, Marsalis is renowned for his performances of works from the Baroque to Big Band. As artistic director of Jazz at Lincoln Center, he has introduced listeners through concerts, recordings, and educational programs to the wonders of jazz. The works he has written span genres, symphonic, chamber, vocal, ballet, and more, including a Grammy-winning violin concerto and the Pulitzer Prize-winning oratorio, Blood on the Fields. His concerto for trumpet is a sprawling six-movement work that offers snapshots of the vast and colorful history of the instrument. The first movement, March, begins with the blaring trumpeting of an elephant. A brash, heroic fanfare and its echo appear. We're soon introduced to some magical elements like alternate fingerings and flutters and growls. The second movement, Ballad, partners the trumpet with the oboe. The music evokes the youthful romanticism of doo-wop and the unabashed, openly romantic style of the instrumental singing of Louis Armstrong. Movement three, Mexican Sun, addresses the music of the Afro-Hispanic diaspora. There's a Spanish bolero and a modern habanera in 5-4. The fourth movement is blues. The trombones and French horn preach a sermon, but the trumpet answers with playful vocalisms. The sermonizing becomes more and more pious while the trumpeter triples down on irreverence. We eventually return to the lonesome blues. Marsalis calls the fifth movement French pastoral. It's a brief lyrical waltz inspired by the legacy of French trumpet playing evoking great artists like Maurice André and Pierre Thibault. The sixth movement, Harlequin Two-Step, focuses on the trumpet as the jokester-trickster character that has been a theme of the whole work. Themes from the other movements appear in a circle dance. We finally end up back in the jungle, where a whole herd of elephants breaks loose. With a final fanfare, a single elephant saunters away and we realize that the concerto began when that pachyderm first broke loose. On stage is principal trumpet Michael Sachs with his colleagues of the Cleveland Orchestra and music director Franz Felsermost for the world premiere of a Cleveland Orchestra co-commission, the Concerto for Trumpet by Wynton Marsalis.
Cleveland Orchestra principal trumpet Michael Sachs was the soloist, and Franz Velzermos led the Cleveland Orchestra in the world premiere of Concerto for Trumpet by Wynton Marsalis. The concerto was co-commissioned by the Cleveland Orchestra, the Verbier Festival of Switzerland, and the London Symphony. The composer said in his notes for the Mandel Concert Hall program, that virtuosity itself has the conjuring power of making the impossible seem easy. Wynton Marsalis's career is certainly a testament to that idea, and he put much of that conjuring power into this new concerto. When Michael Sachs initially approached Marsalis with the idea of writing a concerto, the composer said, we started talking about form and movements and ended up talking for an hour about great trumpet players we've admired and loved. And I think all of that is in the concerto. Sachs is sure that this new concerto will allow listeners to view the trumpet in a new light. I hope, says Sachs, that people come away seeing the many different voices and styles that the trumpet can do. The world premiere of the Concerto for Trumpet by Wynton Marsalis. 
You can visit selected orchestra broadcasts at WCLV's Cleveland Orchestra On Demand page. You'll find the link at WCLV.org. After a break, the second half of this concert, the Symphony No. 9, From the New World, by Antonin Dvorak. Stay tuned. This is the Cleveland Orchestra on the radio from Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center. I'm Bill O'Connell. More than a century ago, emigration to the United States, or even a visit, was widely considered in Europe to be the last resort of the unsuccessful. Still, Antonin Dvorak, like Giacomo Puccini and Gustav Mahler after him, could not resist an invitation to take up a position in Manhattan. Dvorak was appointed head of the soon-to-open National Conservatory of Music, arriving in September 1892. He was well paid for his trouble, and despite his strong attachment to his homeland, he overcame many bouts of anxiety and made the journey bringing along his wife and several of their children. He expressed an interest in themes from both black and indigenous music, and within a few months he had begun a new symphony. He likely read an article titled Negro Music. It appeared in the Chicago Journal of Music in December 1892. The author was probably Mildred Hill, a composer and teacher from Kentucky who had studied African American music and later wrote a tune, Everybody Sings, Happy Birthday. The themes quoted in the journal article included Swing Low Sweet Chariot, which bears a resemblance to one of the melodies in the first movement of Dvorak's symphony. Despite the inspiration from the New World, Dvorak felt the constant tug of the Old World and for bohemian musical shapes and rhythms. Perhaps to contain all the exotic American inspiration, Dvorak employed the latest techniques from the German music establishment to bind his work into a single entity. The anticipation and recall of melodies from one movement to another, for one example, is a self-conscious use of European methods. But whatever the formula was, it worked, and the symphony has remained one of the best-loved works in the concert repertory for over 100 years. Dvorak's enthusiasm for black and indigenous music was regarded with great suspicion by the musical establishment in New York and Boston. They felt that music had to be German, or at least European, to be worthy of the name. The new symphony sparked a lively debate, which was still active 30 years later when Aaron Copland argued that American music needed to find its own identity. But the Gaelic symphony that Amy Beach composed in 1896, just a few years after Dvorak's work, is an undisguised imitation of the New World Symphony, even to using the same key of E minor. And it's as American as apple pie. More than three decades after that, Florence Price would also set her first symphony in E minor in a nod to this legacy. Cleveland Orchestra Music Director Franz Felsermost is back on stage here in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center for the Symphony No. 9, From the New World, by Antonin Dvorak.
Franz Felsermos led the Cleveland Orchestra in Symphony No. 9, From the New World, by Antonin Dvorak. The official world premiere of the Dvorak Ninth took place in December 1893 at Carnegie Hall with the New York Philharmonic conducted by Anton Seidel. A free concert for the public had been held the day before. The Cleveland Orchestra premiere was in March 1920 at the Rialto Theater in Elyria, Ohio, led by the orchestra's first music director, Nikolai Sokolov. This season marks Franz Felsermost's 21st year as music director of the Cleveland Orchestra. With his contract extended to 2027, he will be the longest-serving musical leader in the orchestra's history. The New York Times has declared the Cleveland Orchestra under Franz Felsermost to be America's most brilliant orchestra, praising the ensemble's virtuosity, elegance of sound, variety of color, and chamber-like musical cohesion. Cleveland Orchestra has a loyalty rewards program for patrons. Examples of benefits include behind-the-scenes experiences and prizes. Find out more about the rewards program at clevelandorchestra.com rewards. On this program by the Cleveland Orchestra, Franz Felsermos led performances of Julius Eastman's Symphony No. 2, the world premiere of Wynton Marsalis's Concerto for Trumpet the Cleveland Orchestra co-commission with soloist Michael Sachs, and finally the Symphony No. 9 from the New World by Antony Dvorak. My commentary was based on notes for the Mandel Concert Hall program book by Kira Thurman, Kevin McBrien, Wynton Marsalis, and Hugh McDonald. The associate producer is Daniel Wright. The audio supervisor for the Cleveland Orchestra is Gintas Norbila. From Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center, I'm Bill O'Connell. Thank you for being with us. Broadcasts of the Cleveland Orchestra originate with WCLV, Northeast Ohio's classical music station, since 1962. This is the Cleveland Orchestra Broadcast Service.